Hello and welcome to the second Yellow Soccer Show. I am Brad Barnett and today we have a special guest with us. He is the co-host of the Talking Jacks podcast. You still doing the amateur hour as well? Absolutely, yeah. It's, Any other uh, podcasts out there? Only doing two for the for the time being. Yeah. All right. Perfect. Yeah. All right. Got uh, Mr. Bengos on with us and uh, you all know him as Goose. So, sir, thank you for, for joining me. I hope you're doing well. It's nice to talk to you again. Yeah, doing great. Thanks for uh, having me a part of the podcast. Always good to talk to you, Brett. Yeah, glad to have you. And so I brought you in because I wanted to talk about the uh, the independence and their um, recent form <laughs> as, of, mm-hmm. as of late. So uh, we'll just jump right in. So right now they are um, 0-3-1. Their recent form is loss, draw, loss, loss, and sitting 17th in the Eastern Conference of the USL uh, you've been to a few games uh, at the Sportsplex, and I think you – did you even go to Charleston as well? I did, yeah. So I've been there for the majority of the games that we've played, yeah. So what have you seen? Like what is it contributing to the to the very slow start that they've had this year? It's been th- – the main thing I'll say that's contributed to the where we are right now um, – to go head forward and just admit the problems we've had rather than look at other intangibles. Cause I'll definitely t- touch base on those, but the main issue really um, has been, we just have not gelled very well as a club. Um, we brought players in fairly late. Um, I, I want to say we had 11, 12, maybe 13 players going into the first week of the season. Um, and that's, it's not a great place to be. Um, just for having chemistry and especially comparing it to, to other clubs at, at the, the championship level um, that had 15 or 18 or so um, players in camp for the majority, if not all, of their preseason. Um, so that's been the, the, the biggest factor that's contributed to it. Um, we've had some international uh duties that have that have kind of hindered us as well i'll say that is also uh we didn't have joel johnson um kevon george missed half a game as well because of international duty and uh kivatuka um, was another player of ours um that was gone because of international duty so really just chemistry has been the biggest thing that we've struggled with um we, we've had certain things go right um, and certain things definitely go wrong because of that. Um, it's just a matter of eliminating those uh, mistakes and uh, that type of thing. So with the, with the gelling side of it, um, have you seen an improvement over the last couple of games as everybody's kind of gotten used to playing with each other? You know what? I, I will say we, we have taken strides in the right direction. Um, that first game of the season um, – we were playing a really good Indy 11 squad that brought in a lot of players, uh, a lot of high quality players. So to go down as early as we did um, and to go down two goals, in fact, at that point, wasn't terribly surprising. Um, the, the way we let up those goals, and this has really been a theme the first four games, the way we've allowed goals hasn't been great. Um, it feels like we've really just had spurts that we haven't been fantastic, um, or just really individual moments. Even, um, it's just a matter of bringing those pieces that we've done good, but the last two games, I will say we have done better. 
Um, I mean, by default, we haven't allowed three goals. Um, we allowed three goals in each of the first two games, and we've allowed three goals in the last two games. So that's by default progress. And I will say, especially with the Charleston game, um, one major thing we've struggled with in the first two, three games has been connecting passes between the, mid, the, the center back line and the midfield. Uh, we did that much better against Charleston. Uh, we got into a pretty good flow um, early on. Um, I, I want to say the first three games, we allowed a goal in the first 15, 20 minutes of every one of them. Um, we last them told the 21st minute in Charleston, but that, that honestly felt like a big step in the right direction. Um, even though that's a baby step, I guess you could say. Um, it, it's definitely, we've, we've made progress. It's just a matter of defending for 90 minutes and not giving up easy goals like we've seen consistently. And then really just doing what we have been able to do as far as being creative and, and putting ourselves in dangerous areas of the field. Well, let's talk about those defensive woes, right? So according to the USLsoccer.com website, it's been nine goals conceded in four games. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's right. And they, uh, they do this wonderful thing where they actually do math on that website. And yeah. that's 2.3 goals per game. Mm. Uh, you know, that, that is – I don't care who you have playing in, in goal. If you have – if you're – if you're not gelling together as a defensive unit, uh, you know, you're, you're going to, you're going to give up a lot of goals. And we had, you know, we talked to Duckett about this um, mm-hmm. off the air last time, just, you know, the, the defensive, the back four is always the most crucial pieces uh, of continuity that you need to have. And it's also one of the hardest ones to get right. Yeah. So based off the, the back four that you've seen, and I, I believe they've probably switched it up a couple of times if I'm not mistaken, but, Based off what you've seen, is that a back four that can actually make the change and, and gel together and stop this this slide of of just giving up stupid and idiotic goals just to be blunt about it? Yeah, and I'll I'll even admit the like I've kind of alluded to that the goals we have allowed just have not been great. They've just been lapses in judgment. I think the personnel we have really can be a, a stellar backline. Um, and if you look at it on paper, we've got Joel Johnson, one of the more pacey um, right backs in the league. Um, and he, he's a, a very solid defender as well. Um, going across the line, Hugh Roberts has been one of the, one of the more solid center backs in the league for a number of years now. Um, I mean, he was a part of uh, Bob Lilly's defense up in uh, – Pittsburgh this last year, that was one of the best defensive squads in the league, if not the best. Um, Fantastic name drop. I'm yeah. Sure. <laughs> and he's, uh, he's six, five and he's, he's won a lot of balls in the air. Um, he's a center back that really can control the game in, in some ways. Um, Teacoat and mound um, our other center backs on the roster have really kind of um, they, they've played different roles um, and, and they've been on the field at different times. So it's a matter of figuring out which one of those players really meshes well with Roberts, I would think. Um, and Gutman, Andrew Gutman on loan from Scotland. Um, we can credit Don Garber for that, really. Um, <laughs> or the Chicago. Donald Harvard. Donnie did something right. Yeah, right. <laughs> I've been very, uh, I guess, negative t- against him in the past, but, uh, but he, he did something good for us. I'll take it. Um, but he's, he's a really good 
attacking left back. Um, the one area of concern I will say, and I think is something we have to get better at in order to give less opportunities that we've have, we have to be better at defending as a team because one thing I have noticed is in the way that McGinnis wants to play is he wants to have his, his fullbacks get up and attack um, and, and utilize those options. He's said numerous times that he was very excited to have Gutman on the field and, and have him on the club. And he wants to utilize that. Um, and it's a matter of fi- filling in those, those spots on the field when those players are getting up so that we don't have, I mean, the way McGinnis wants to play is have a, a lot of attacking players, but when we lose the ball, we got to, we got to defend as a club and defend as a squad. And there's, there has been some times where it looks like we haven't been the best in transition in that way. Um, so that's another area of concern or growth that we will need as a club. Well, if you want, and I'm not trying to compare the independence to Liverpool by any means, so just save your at me's and all this <laughs> stuff. But when you watch Liverpool who are in a title race in the premier league, <clears throat> when the ball gets turned over, it's everybody is attacking the ball, no matter where mm-hmm. it is, uh, whether it's offensive or defensive, it, it just doesn't matter. They're, they're running around. They almost, they're like little nets. They just annoy the crap out mm-hmm. of you. Um, and if you have outside backs with speed, like, um, like Gutman and, and Joel, then if nobody's attacking at the, at the, the front of it, when they lose possession, to slow it up, they're not going to get back in time. Uh, and then you're asking your center backs to do a lot. So I can understand where that would be a huge concern. And, and um, have you seen McGinnis do any kind of a tactical shift to kind of slow that down? Or is he just gung-ho, this is how we're going to play, like it or not? Um, I mean, it, it's been interesting to see the way he's he's chosen to attack. I, I, he definitely is pretty – I would think headstrong in wanting to attack heavily. Um, it's a matter of where he wants to attack on the pitch, I think is one thing that he, uh, he will change from time to time. I mean, he definitely wants to get his fullbacks up and he's not going to really compromise on that. Um, he wants to play a high line as well, which is, I mean, there's been numerous times where Roberts and his center back partner, whoever that may be um, is near the center of the pitch, especially with the way the game States have been. We've, been down a goal or two in numerous game states. Um, So I would say it's more about where he wants to attack on the pitch than how exactly he's going to attack. If that, if that does answer your question. Yeah, that absolutely does. Um, And we'll, we'll get into something that kind of goes in with that real quick, but you just said something that that piqued me when you said um, Roberts and uh, whatever center back partner and whoever that might be, Mm. is that, having a a big impact the fact that they haven't found a a, a solidified the back four we talked about it briefly a little bit earlier about how they've kind of had a few that have played different roles is is that is that becoming a a line of concern that we haven't solidified that yet um i i wouldn't think that it's a grave issue as of yet um i mean i will say the the one goal we did let up against St. Louis, it may have seemed like a slight communication breakdown or just a not knowing where we are on the pitch type of a thing where both center backs kind of drifted forward and we let the St. Louis attacker 
open in the center of the box after a cross. Um, and you can say a lot of different things like that, that cross shouldn't even happen to begin with, but that if you want to see where chemistry comes into play with two center backs, that's a pretty good example of how not to do it essentially. Um, so it's definitely an area of concern, but, but other than that opportunity, I, I wouldn't say that there's maybe grave um, area of concern at this point. Um, but I would think at this point, really it's, it's Robert, plus another individual. But the other interesting thing is it did look like uh, Aaron Mound went down with a not great injury against Charleston. So that'll throw another uh, wrinkle into the um, the coaching uh, plan, I guess. Well, let's go on the other side because you said McGinnis likes to, likes to really kind of throw uh, attackers into it. And, and you've mentioned how he, he changes the attack, uh, the point of attack. Um, there's a huge offensive upside to this team. They brought in a lot of, of goal scorers and, and playmakers, and they've scored five goals in, in the four matches, <clears throat> um, which is obviously four less than the uh, than their counterparts have scored. But what's been interesting is that USL Soccer had this as well. Uh, they've scored – all of them have been inside the box. Four of the five have been with the head, mm. and one was with the right foot. So it, it – Looks like, and if you go back to the the Jorge goal, I believe that tie, that gave him the the draw, um, and that was a, a just a, a great play in the cross. And when everybody in section one hundred one went crazy, mm. I saw Jason's uh, uh, clip of it. Yeah. Uh, it it just seems like they're they're get, they're playing a lot into the box now, um, uh, a lot of probably a lot of crosses and and everything. But it just seems like they're trying to. It's not a it's not a center on attack. It's more of a a wing attack approach, which would make sense if he's bringing his his backs up mm. and and getting it into the box. Have you seen that a lot, or is he is that just a, a lot of um, they've just been scoring off the head, off getting lucky, but mainly the attacks in the middle? How would you classify his attacking style? I would definitely agree with how you uh, interpreted that. Um, that it is it's going to be where we're going to want to attack through the through the wide areas of the pitch. Um, but I will say one thing I've noticed, and um, I, I believe Enzo has said in, in interviews as well, is that he wants to, and, and McGinnis is going to allow him to flow in the pitch in different areas. So he's going to find soft spots <laughs> in the defense. And I've definitely noticed it in one example against Charleston where um, – if you've seen the score, you know it didn't do anything, unfortunately. But he was had a two. There was two defenders on him, and he was maybe a foot or two from the end line, or, or the sideline, I should say. And he got around them. So I think it's definitely up to how Enzo wants to attack the the defense. But I will say that we've we've definitely leaned towards attacking through the wide areas of the pitch. Um, which does make it interesting because even though I, I believe you said what's four goals we've had uh, from headers. Um, Correct. Yeah. We really don't have a, a tall attacking player. Um, I mean, we've, we've got Dom and, and Jorge who may be one of the, the taller players on the pitch um, as far as attacking players go. But of course we do have uh, Kevon and Roberts who are fairly attacking, but that's, it's really only going to be set pieces um, unfortunately. So you got to, Got to figure out some uh, some on the on the ground passes and, uh, and attacking options too. 
Yeah, I absolutely agree with you. So speaking of uh, Dominic Adoro, he actually has two um, of the five goals. The other three were Jorge, Kivan, and Andrew with one each. How has he been as an addition? Uh, obviously, he's um, well known for his uh, affection of the pizza. Yeah. Um, and and he's he's an exciting player to watch. And I know he was one of the signature signings mm. uh, along with Enzo and uh, re-signing 75-year-old Jorge Herrera. Uh, but he seems to have been one of the more exciting ones. What have you seen from him so far this year? I, I would definitely say he has been exciting. Um, and he's – I would say at this point he's probably lived up to the expectations I've had for him. Um, he's been essentially a relentless attacker. Um, I, I will say that I, I think we've yet to fully tap into his potential in this system um, because it a- appears that he wants to be, he wants to get long balls. Um, he wants to attack and get one-on-one with defenders. We haven't utilized that a tremendous amount, to be honest with you. Um, I mean, it, the, the two goals he has had, one was a cross and it was, it was in the, the run of play really. And it was just a build up on the attack um, against Atlanta United. And then uh, Atlanta United two, I should say, um, just to be yeah. precise, but uh, to be fair, Atlanta United's not doing very well in MLS this year either. Yeah, right. It, <laughs> it could have been them. We're just not sure. Yeah. He, he may be able to score against Atlanta United's <laughs> defense too, maybe, but um but yeah, and then the other one was a, was a headed goal. Um, but I, I think we've yet to see the full potential of him, um, which is encouraging, I'll say. I think that's another thing is we have to really optimize the pieces we, have, pieces we do have on the pitch and just figure out where exactly they do fit is another thing that we have yet to fully realize, I would think. Well, let's talk about the, the other high-profile signing was uh, Enzo coming back. Um, hmm. And signing a, um, an actual long, long term in terms of USL standards. Hmm. Uh, but he is not on the score sheet yet. But uh, here's what I found interesting about this goose is he has registered more shots and more shots on target than anyone else on the team. Now, listen to these stats. All right. He's registered 14 shots, four of which have been on target. The next on the list is Andrew and Dominic Adoro each with six shots, three on target, respectively. Mm. He has doubled the amount of shots, but only put one more on target than both of them. What have you, what have you seen from Enzo this year, aside from his, his energy and his skill? What else has he brought to the field? And has he been a little bit of a disappointment so far? I will – it's interesting. Um, I think on paper you could, you could make that argument. Um, you could say he's – He's not scored in four games. Um, he hasn't been, I guess, as clinical in, in some ways. But I think he's really taken on a different type of role. Um, as I said earlier, he, he has floated around the pitch a little bit less in the attacking type of a role in the sense that he's, gonna, he's going to find movement off the ball he's going to be on the ball a lot more and look to find other players, I think. Um, because the, the one thing you can definitely say on paper is he has, he's created 10 chances, which is, which is tied for the, the club lead with, with Alex, in fact. 
and he does have the two assists. Um, and I think it, it, it makes us a really deadly team like that. It, it is interesting that he does have uh, the most amount of shots because I would not have guessed that, to be honest with you. Um, I, I would have been horribly wrong to say that uh, or to guess who would be on the lead. But I think he just brings a different type of uh, attacking mentality this year uh, and compared to the two years ago and, and the year before that, um, when he did have, I want to say, 15, 17 plus goals in each of those seasons, respectively, um, which I think will work itself out. And I think he will score a number of goals this year because he has found himself in some deadly opportunities. It's just been slightly off or the keepers made a really good save. So I, I wouldn't say it's a disappointing season as of yet. It's just a matter of him finding his um, finding his stride and, and finding a uh, the perfect place to be on the pitch and in, and in the scheme for McGinnis as well. What do you think about him getting the armband and being the captain, taking over for Duckett? I think it's it's a good thing. Um, I think you can tell that he has taken that role um, with a lot of responsibility, and, and he doesn't take it lightly. Um, I mean, you can tell a difference between him this year and in years prior where, quite frankly, there's a lot of fans, and I, I want to say even players probably feel this way, that he does – he is mouth off to the ref a lot. And, and he still will do that, I will admit. He will say things to the ref. He'll talk to the ref. But there's a different tone, I feel like, that he comes to with, with the referees. And I think he – He's really our, our lifeblood, I would say. Um, so I think he's earned it, to be honest with you, um, because he our offense kind of – I don't want to say it comes and goes with him, but he is a, he's a motor for our offense. Um, and that's – if we're going to play an attacking-minded, uh, on-the-front-foot style play, I'm completely okay with him having the, uh, the captain's arm band. Well said. All right, so this year so far, eight yellow cards, no reds. So if you're keeping track at home, that is two yellow cards per match, Mm. uh, which is a little bit distressing. Let's talk about Coach McGinnis for a second. Um, I I love the fact that uh, the independents decided to go outside of the box with this hire. Um, I, I personally didn't think it was a good move. This is not a league where you should be experimenting with something like this, but... Uh, nobody called to ask my opinion, nor would they, and I'm not paid to make those decisions. So what have you seen from him? Uh, do you think it was a mistake? Has he improved since, uh, since taking it over? Um, and let me be clear, I wish him nothing but success, and I think he will be successful in due time. It just I don't know that I would have taken the gamble personally. Um, but what have you seen from him? I'll say <clears> – <throat> excuse me. I'll say that it is – a work in progress. Um, and it will take some time. I, I, I wouldn't definitely categorize it as a, a disappointment or um, I haven't found myself thinking, what is going on? What is he doing? He's subbing this player for that player or tactically, it doesn't make any sense what he's doing. Um, I, I think reasonably speaking, I think this will be a long-term plan, rebuilding process as well, just to be honest with you. And I think that's important to keep in mind with 
really building something um, that he's going to want to do because that's something that he um, I, I've heard in interviews and just and just reading his book that he wants to build a, a foundation um, and then build upon that. And I think it will take time to do that at this level. Um, and just him being a, a new head coach, to be honest with you. The other aspect of that, too, I'll say is bringing in the roster as late as, as we, we have. Um, I think that's out of his hands, quite frankly. Yeah, that's um, a Jeffries thing. Yeah. So I, I don't want to put that on his shoulders that we've um, – that that's his fault that we've, we've had the roster so late. And I will say, too, the, the main reason why I, I think it's time to it's, – it's more about waiting for the, pro, for the process and trust the process um, and, and that type of thing because ultimately we've played some really tough competition – up until this point of the season. Um, it, it's tough to find an easy game this year because we, there's no Toronto twos this year. There's no Penn FCs. Um, Richmond kickers have dropped down a league, of course. Um, so there's not really an easy game, but quite frankly, the first four games we've had this year, outside of Atlanta United two, all those teams will almost guaranteed be in the playoff spot, if not be in the top five. Um, and I, ultimately we have not been played off the pitch too. I'll say that as well. Um, and quite frankly, we've, we've kind of seen that in years past where we've gone down to some really good teams or we've, we've played, we've gone into games against some really good teams and you can kind of just tell that we don't think we have a chance and we've continued to battle throughout games. It's just a matter of finding that chemistry and finding that, um, connectivity on the pitch to really make it all work. You know, and that's something that you can't just speaking on that. You, you, you can't teach that. It's either the players have it or they don't. That's that heart and that mm. grit and that never say die attitude. And um, if they have that, then everything else will fall into place and they'll be sitting pretty. So, uh, it, you know, I, I'm looking forward to seeing what else he can do for the rest of this year personally. And, and I, you know, again, I hope they prove me wrong with this. I hope he becomes a, an outstanding coach and goes on and does great things. And um, I, I just, if you want to rebuild or do you want to win? Mm. And I'm not sure India is in a spot where they can rebuild with MLS possibly knocking on the door. Memorial still what they say two years away. It's likely more like three or four. Mm. Um, that's an interesting take. I'd be curious to see how how they go against that. What expectations did you have going into this year and have those changed now after the first four games? Going into the season, um, based on the roster and the way the USL is this year, because it is a, specifically the Eastern Conference that we play in, is it's a tough conference. There's, there's no doubt about it. But I think we're definitely a playoff team. Um, if I had to say in the standings where I saw us added probably be between a seventh and a 10th seed. At this current point, we're probably on the lower end of that spectrum. Just because it's still playoff bound. You think? I think we're definitely a playoff bound team. Yeah. Because there's still, there's still a lot of season left. Um, there's still adversity teams are going to have to have that. They're going to have to, uh, figure out and things like that. So injuries are going to play a role. Absolutely. And, and that's, that's what it comes down to is 
it's still an early season. I, I think we still have n- – nothing's been set in stone at this point. Because, um, I mean, you look at – I would guarantee you if you looked at the standings this time last year, um, in fact, if I'm not mistaken, it was a couple weeks ago um, that I looked at the standings a couple weeks into the season like we are now, and we were towards the top uh, because we started really good. Um, and a lot of people and a lot of – a lot of views were that this, the schedule we played was not that tough. Um, and we saw the way that season ended, quite frankly, um, with us missing the playoffs for the first time in two years. So I, I think things will work itself out. It's just a matter of figuring things out as we go um, and, and finding positives uh, from each type of game and just building upon the progress that we've had. So the sky is not falling, not yet. No, I, I don't think so. I mean, I think personally, really, the next three games are going to be huge um, for w- the way this season's going to go because we play three home games um, against some pretty tough competition. But after those next three home games, we'll have played five home games on the season. And I really think we got to get a bare minimum of – four points out of those next three games. Um, And I don't even think that's necessarily a a higher bar to meet, quite frankly. Um, It's a little tough because we do play those three games in a week span and one of those on a Tuesday for whatever reason. (laughs) Yeah. I don't don't know. Thanks USL. Yeah. I I don't know who, whose idea that was, Um, but it, it won't be easy, but I think quite frankly, we do need to get four points out of these next three games one way or another, or, we're going to put ourselves in a little bit of a, uh, a little bit of a bind. Um, and on top of it, we got to get momentum um, just to be able to believe in ourselves. I would think at a certain point, because us open cups coming up, um, it'll be knocking on the door any minute now. And we'll be playing a midweek game every week, quite just about. So got to find that rhythm and, and find that confidence sooner rather than later. All right, so just a couple minutes left here. Um, real quick, though, I do want to say Indy does play uh, on Saturday against New York Red Bulls 2, or as I like to call them, the New Jersey Baby Energy Drinks. <laughs> um, they have scored seven goals in three matches, so uh, defensively this is a good game where they're going to need to step up and mm. try to get a clean sheet if they can. But I had a couple uh, fun questions for you that came through. Um, the first one was, uh, when Jake Edwards visited Jack's house, what do you think that uh, he discussed with Jim? And hypothetically, what do you hope he discussed with Jim? Ooh, um, what do I think? I honestly think I don't want to downplay it too much, but I think he just came by to see how things were going because um, we do have that fairly new office, uh, that that new bar as well, and just how things are going with Memorial. I would think is potentially why he just came by. Um, but hypothetically, I, it's going to sound super optimistic, but I feel like he may have come by to talk about a solid time frame to, to move into Memorial maybe in 2021 um, or just continued plans to build towards that, I would say. Um, so, yeah. I think he just happened to be driving through Charlotte. That was, yeah. I, I mean, this is, they don't just stop by 
and I could be wrong, but they, typically it's not just a, a stop by for a strategic meeting that's done elsewhere where it's not so public, but uh, that's neither here nor there. And and the other one I had was um, how exactly did you bust your head open? Oh, I, I wish it was like a game winning opportunity or something dramatic, but all that really happened was I, I play in the 77 rec league we can't even slide tackle it's that um <laughs> we've all been there buddy league. we've all been there yeah and um i'm a fairly taller person for those that may not know me um and i noticed when we started the match oh okay everybody that we're playing against is a little bit shorter this is an opportunity for me to to uh to get a headed goal or just uh take advantage of that and i think it was the second corner of the match maybe five seven minutes into it i went to go head a corner um that was ours of course and i felt a a decent sized pain in the back left side of my head and i thought honestly i just completely whiffed it and the ball had hit me and it was just a pretty good force no the guy the the defender just walloped me with his head so the next thing i know he's on the ground rolling around because he got he got all of my uh stubborn head and uh i'm sitting there and i was like well maybe i should figure out what's going on with my uh with me and i noticed i have a goose egg on my head of course um and someone behind me is telling me i'm bleeding so yeah long story short um it was more like a a jagged cut on the the corner of my head and seven staples later i'm oh pretty okay um yeah just kind of a fluky thing unfortunately and then you've received an email from the league that headers are no longer allowed so (laughs) yeah right uh, all right well um we're gonna wrap this up do you have uh, any uh any remaining thoughts on on indy this year that you want to share i would just say to Give it time. Uh, I mean, it is going to be a new coach, of course, and we will play an an exciting brand of soccer. Um, I think we'll probably have some more games like we saw against uh, Indy Eleven, and hopefully not exactly like Atlanta United too, because I don't I don't know if I can go through another one of those kind of games. But multiple goals scored in matches. Um, exciting soccer to watch so i i would just encourage people to come out and enjoy it um and, and be supportive of your local soccer is what i would say all right well that sounds good um so basically your predictions are you're going to make the playoffs um mcginnis is going to start winning matches again and everybody needs to come sit with you guys in section 101 yep and absolutely. uh don't head a ball in a 7v7 league with somebody no, behind you. It's not worth it. Fair enough. Fair. Well, how about we get you back on um, after maybe somewhere in the middle of the season and uh, we'll kind of recover and uh, just kind of recap everything and see where we are. Hopefully, uh, hopefully we'll be winning matches again and going from that way. Sound good? Absolutely. I would, uh, would love to do that. Perfect. All right. Well, that's going to wrap up this episode of the Second Yellow Soccer Show. You can find us on the podcast, ESPNCharlotte.net, iTunes, or anywhere that you get your podcasts. Uh, feel free to follow the show on Twitter as well, at Second Yellow Show, the number two uh, ND Yellow Show, and let us know what you think. 
uh, for Goose and his seven staples and myself. Thanks for listening. And remember, no matter who you support, let's all work together to grow the game.